and she's fun like just super bubbly and nice and easy okay, I missed to something? uh dance classes online zoom dance classes oh welcome to 2021 baby yeah 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 it's super fun so we got uh matching unicorn rainbow onesies so she's going to wear these in her morning meetings now on video and just be like so this is how i'm coping with month 10 of lockdown how is everybody else and i am honestly kind of here for it i love it it's just going to tell you what you already know you're breathtaking God, Wait. I've been playing so much cyberpunk. I why love it that, so much. Why was that hey yo? And why does that make you think about cyberpunk? What is <laughs> so confused? That was Keanu Reeves in the in the presentation about cyberpunk. Oh I get I get it now. I get it now. Time's up. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm not ready. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. We're your hosts, Thunderpot, Zach Mayer, and Raul Torres. Say hi, gentlemen. Hi, hi gentlemen. gentlemen. And this, dear listener, is the QQ Review for Mando Season 2, Part 2, as in as in the back half. It's a lot of twos. Back half, but it's, we're only talking about three episodes, I think. Four. Two, two, Tuesday. We, yeah. we stopped early last time. We were going to do five episodes last time, and we stopped at four so we could do two even chunks of four. Oh, yeah, because yep. I didn't get to complain about it. Okay, perfect. Yes. <laughs> I know where we're at now. Everything's aligned. Yeah. Spoilers. So, uh, dear listener, we're going to do the same format as we did last time, which is not our standard QQ format. We're just going to talk about each episode uh, individually, and then at the end, we're going to give a QQ rating to the whole season which we haven't or no no the back half of the season we, we qq reviewed the first half of the season as zero cues so we're going to talk about each episode individually and then give a qq rating to the whole back half of the season starting with chapter 13 the jedi really are you going to kick us off yeah no that, oh. <laughs> thank you zach thank you for the musical cue <laughs> um so what happened in this episode because everything is a blur and it's been forever since i've seen this um this Mando is the one where goes, goes to some planet, um, meets Ashoka, Ahsoka. Yep. I'm gonna, I, I'm horrible with names, whatever. And this, this was the whole like meets her, teaches Baby Yoda stuff, helps her out, all that jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, can I just get to where I, I, I've been dying on this? I hate Baby Yoda's name so much. That's, that was it. That was I spoiler. hate his name. Why? I just, I, it reminds me of Gogurt. <laughs> yeah. And, and what is uh, what, like seriously, what was what was you should know this, Tom? Um, the the Mel Brooks parody. What, what was the Yoda name in that one? It was also something like Gogurty or something. It was just yogurt. Yeah, yogurt. 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 I, it's just I can't not think of that. It's just like the, the my mental association. Grogu yogurt and yogurt. Grogu makes you think of yogurt. No, what the no, hell go- is wrong go-gurt. with you? Go-gurt. It makes you think of Gogurt. <laughs> All right. Like, I think broken. there are Gogurt, right. Grogu yeah. crossover tubes now. <laughs> that was it. That was, oh, I just... Ruli, I didn't know you were so petty. Pick it up I, kid's I am, name. I am, I, I am very petty. Oh, um, man. <laughs> but I will say, I, I am also not very petty because... Even after the name come out, I think so many people just refuse to call him Grogu at all. 
like I like people just keep calling him Baby Yoda because that's that's the name that stuck. Yeah, eh, I think of Baby Yoda is his alias that I prefer. Are you gonna call I him by mean... his first name? <laughs> here, here you go. Uh, you remember the uh, the meme? I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. <laughs> Uh, maybe you, baby you, is his his nickname, so it's uh, Grogu Baby Yoda, and he's Yoda's Google trends, kid. No. Google Trends has my back. Like it's just it's it's Baby Yoda forever, man. <laughs> yeah, I just I I don't know. Like I uh, it's it's funny to me, but honestly, just the furthest thing from a deal breaker, at least for this episode. Seriously, seriously, come on. Okay, that's 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 all I have. You, you guys talk, talk about your <laughs> that was. <laughs> I've been sitting on this for like I don't know how many weeks. I don't just I hate it. It's oh his name. I'm God, sorry. Fucking real. But I mean, Bo- Boba T. Fett. I mean, it's just like all, all, all. Is it okay? It's just not just his name. I think all oh Star wow, Wars... that's I'll never unhear that. That's so Over... much better. Boba T. Fett. All the names are just always just like ugh. I just I've never understood any of the Star Wars names. Well, it's do they, do they purposely try to make them sound foreign enough where it doesn't seem like there's any like connection? No, George, to Earth at George all, Lucas or... was bad at naming things. He wanted to call him Luke. <laughs> Star Killer, and so then he and Han Solo because he's so low. Like his his, so is, his is, naming is, was is terrible. Is he growing goo? Then did they want to keep up such tradition? What is what is Baby Yoda growing? No, I don't, don't know. No, no, they were they were just like at the craft services table and saw some stuff. <laughs> like oh hey Gogurt. oh I know what this could be. <laughs> okay. Okay, fuck this. We're we are going back to the reviewing. Uh, Zach, do you want to give us the synopsis on this one, or what uh, the hell? Sure, 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 sure. So, um, Mandalorian's finally found the location of a supposed Jedi he's been looking for. Well, any Jedi. Uh, just so happens he lands on this planet that's controlled by some evil lady and um, Ahsoka. Our our favorite gray jedi is just hanging out um meets is gray up jedi Soka, an actual thing it depends on who you ask it's an extended universe term but mm-hmm. honestly it's i'll take it close enough yeah, like, her a gray lightsab- wizard. just roll with yeah. it her lightsabers are white who else has white lightsabers um anyway uh yeah apparently survived order 66 she plays a big part in the clone wars series um she's a much beloved character already by a ton of fans of that uh so it was really you know really cool to see her you know live in this also played by what's her name somebody remind me rosario dawson come on guys come on nerds keep up who turns everything she touches to gold so i'm so happy she's in this um and she was great like really really great representation of of the ahsoka character uh did it really well, but yeah. The Mandalorian meets up with Soka, they have a fight, she tests Grogu, figures out his name by telepathy somehow. Um And apparently he's I, really angry too. I like that part. Yeah, he's super angry, mostly scared. I mean, this is a kid that's been on the run angry. for so long, right? Well, no. He doesn't. That's his secret. He's always angry. Yeah. He's a little uh oh, wrong wrong green person, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but wrong um, Disney property, damn it! They end up teaming up to take down 
the evil woman in charge of this settlement on this planet. She's apparently just like killing the planet, trying to extract resources from it. That's kind of her whole thing. Um, there's a little bit of a, a teaser reveal in the in some of the dialogue towards the end we can talk about, but uh, mostly I'm just talking me, about it, dear, dear listener. This is all spoilers. This oh, is, if you haven't watched it by now, it's spoilers. Of course, and I don't know if we want to have any kind of sequence sequential walkthrough of the episode while we're talking about it, but yeah, um, synopsis is fine. Well, I mean, for me, this episode really was just building to one sort of scene and that's towards the end where ahsoka is fighting i've entirely forgotten the antagonist's name imperial magistrate morgan Elspeth. yeah thank you someone's reading wikipedia of course i don't remember any of this stuff other than gogurt well they're having a samurai battle while outside the gate mando and the bodyguard are having a western stare down and i love so much how they captured both of those things in one scene it's it, it was it was it was a magical scene i love the fight uh, at the end plus about a million to that not only are we going full you're right samurai you know go down inside we're doing the western slow gun gun draw outside but the thing i really loved about it is just the uh mando and that's actually michael Bean. um yeah, just kind of staring at each other and listening to the fight, trying to predict eh, who do you think's winning. And I don't know what it is about that. I just, I just loved that. I thought that was so well done. It really, really was. Um, yeah, this was the first time that, well, the second time I guess that we saw lightsabers in the Mandalorian. There was a little bit of that stinger, and I guess um, Moff Gideon has been carrying around the dark saber for a little while now. Um, Might have shown up once or twice, but seeing ahsoka with her like jedi sabers what you think of more closely resembling lightsabers that we've seen in other media i gotta say the effect on it was really really well done like i'm i'm pleased with the art direction that they have for the the lightsabers in this yeah i i could not agree more particularly the opening scene of this episode where she's in the fog so her lightsabers ignite and you can see it in the fog and then you know she uh turns them off and she kind of vanishes into the fog again going in and out that was just you could call it cliche again this whole thing is going for a very uh you know samurai movie vibe i'm 100 percent down with it it looked great i was it was great to see on film yeah no i mean honestly the whole aesthetic of this episode was great um i i really really enjoyed it i feel like this was <sighs> i'm gonna go ahead and say i think i think this was for me the high point of the season um everything else good or great but this was the this was the ultimate episode of the season for me yeah it's it's the defining episode and it was very very well done so um i uh great synopsis i agree with everything you said again shout out to michael b and i was actually a little bit disappointed that he ultimately just gets shot and is dead i would have loved to see him survive and come back some other time but maybe i just like michael b and um yeah plus one everything you've said there great synopsis uh there's basically i kind of have um one or two things I want to discuss with each episode, like themes that each episode, not themes of the episode, like thematically, but like things about the media I want to discuss. Um, and so the thing I want to discuss about this is uh, uh, Dave Filoni, and not that I know much about him specifically, but uh, something I, a thing I want to talk about there, and uh, pandering. Because I think that this episode, you could accuse of, of just 
pandering to fans with like, why are they referencing Admiral Thrawn? Why is this uh, a total setup? You know, for a, it's a backdoor pilot. Why are they setting up for the series? Why is it about Mandalorian? And yet, I'm completely with you, Zach. I'm a hundred percent on board with having enjoyed this episode, having thought it was shot really well. Um, I don't need to know a lot about Ashoka or Grand Admiral Throng to enjoy the references. But again, like I kept saying, the whole first half of uh, the the season, I felt like it's still Mando's story. We're still getting a Mando standoff against Bian. So I had no problem at all with the pandering. So working backwards here, let's talk about that, and then I'll talk a little tiny bit about Floney. What did you guys think of, again, the 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 fan service here, or the pandering, or the <laughs> Easter eggs? Did you guys think it was too much, or were you totally digging it? I am so blissfully unaware of anything that you just said. Like, like this is my first uh, introduction <laughs> to Ahsoka. Um, you mentioned Admiral Thrawn. I'm like, who the? Who is this person? Oh, that's a person. So like, like those things I didn't get. It's just like, hey, here's a silly name that we mentioned in passing. So, so for me, it's just like it's. Um, I mean, it doesn't really feel like any type of pandering or fan service, just because it's kind of establishing the universe to me from kind of jumping into the series. So, and, and again, I f- I feel like part of the kind of the joy that I've had of this series thus far is just like. It feels so not Star Warsy at times. Um, like this is the first time reading, you know, Jedi's and all that other stuff. So it's it's for me, it didn't feel like it was really anything there. That that wasn't like similar to other episodes and other things that would be considered Easter eggs that pretty much happened the whole way through. But I feel like it's it's um, giving both like newbies and like long term fans like a little bit of everything. See, you, yeah, you and, saying that with no background is, like, from my point of view, the ultimate compliment. Like, it didn't detract in any way, shape, or form. So, to me, that was, like, praise. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. And, you know, having watched through the Clone Wars, which Filoni was a part of, and Ahsoka is kind of Filoni's... I, I don't want oh, to, like, minimize her, but, yeah, she's his, she's his baby. Um, she's a character that he stepped in and rehabilitated. Uh, in the Clone Wars series, and just kind of drummed up throughout the later seasons of that show, and now seeing her come back in another project that he's involved with, in an episode that is, like I said, for me, the highlight of the season, the backdoor pilot that is honestly just, yeah, you can tell. Like, I, I, I got that line at the end where she's like, where is Thrawn? And I'm like, oh my god, we're going to get an Ahsoka series. And I was excited about it, but it was just the one line. Like, they didn't drag that out. And the entire thing was still so much focused on the Mandalorian. I didn't feel like I was missing Ahsoka, but every time she was on screen, I was happy. And every time that the Mandalorian was on screen, I was engaged. It was just, like, Filoni's strength with Star Wars is that he can take this giant body of lore this huge universe that you get to play with this setting and use that setting to tell interesting character driven stories he did that in the clone wars he's doing that with the mandalorian and it's worked so well for him uh and we all get to benefit so we got the best of that in this episode like it's mm, it's so good right there with you so hey, Tom, I have, I have one more question for you. It's, it's like, well, you it kind of seems like you're having a connotation of like negative negativity to the whole backdoor pilot thing, and I'm kind of like, like from the perspective of like the whole reason why Disney bought everything associated with Star Wars is to just 
make as much content as possible, right? So like, like the fact that there is any type of pilot or any type of world building, I think that's like that's what people want. So I don't understand. Like, yeah. I'm just kind of curious. Like, like, what, do you take that as a bad thing or is it a criticism of a it's, bad thing? Because I feel like that's that's exactly what like is going to happen. So why why would people be shocked of like, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna be cross referencing other shows or they're gonna be promoting things like that's they're literally taking everything from the Marvel universe and just applying it to Star Wars now. Like, it's <laughs> no surprises. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's less that it's a bad thing and more that it's such an easy thing to get wrong and they didn't here. So acknowledging that it's there. And you know, recognizable is the counterpoint to just you know fanboying all over the whole thing. But uh, I mean, honestly, if you were going to link media together, this is the way to do it. This is a case study in how to build a franchise across multiple properties. Um, the thing that is still sticking with me, and the reason that this is just so well done to me, and more credit to Filoni because honestly, I can't say enough good things just with this episode alone he still has managed throughout this with all the interactions that the mandalorian has as an unknown character as an unknown quantity in the the mythology of star wars all of his interactions with the major players in the established lore ahsoka uh we're going to talk about it anyway but skywalker uh basically anybody he's come into contact with that anybody recognizes it's in passing like yeah okay he did a team-up episode here that was a little bit longer than he gets with almost anybody else it's always still focused on the mandalorian and any other links that he has to the broader universe that we recognize are incidental and that just works so well like it doesn't feel like there's any pandering going on it's just like hey here's a little bit of context and hey here's this character still like Here's some stuff that you recognize to kind of contextualize what's going on. Yeah, just to emphasize what what Zach said there really and try to answer you, like, I think most people look at just nothing like empty pandering or, uh, you know, Easter eggs for the sake of it as uh, a negative thing. I really personally only view it negative if it detracts from the experience. And I think you can look at something like, um, I know it's easy to pick on, but it's because it kind of deserves it. Zack Snyder's Justice League, where we kind of stop. God. Uh, not Justice League, sorry. Super- Batman versus Superman, where we stop in the middle of the movie to literally like watch some trailers for other superhero movies. Um, and so that's where like it detracts from the experience. And so in this case, I didn't think, again, Zach stated correctly, like I, I don't think any of this detracted from the episode it, it didn't detract from mando or it distract from his story it didn't derail the action or the pacing so i thought it was handled fine and the fact that it wasn't distracting as you kind of you're vouching for it pointed out i'm i'm two thumbs away the fuck up so i don't have a problem with it but good, i do good, think there's a negative answer, perception but i am upset you brought up those rep- repressed memories of batman opening <laughs> up folders and playing those trailers <sighs> sorry sorry uh well just just to wrap up the things i want to talk about on this episode Talking about Filoni for just one second, I, I don't know a lot about him. Uh, I don't claim to be like some big Dave Filoni fan or guy or what have you. But um, I think this is an example of where, I, and I don't want to get into the, the true Scotsman fallacy. Who's a true Star Wars fan? I'm not trying to get into that. But I think it's very clear that like Filoni has been kind of, has kind of inherited the, 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 the mantle of being the Star Wars lore guy. Because he's such, I've seen a couple of interviews with him. He seems to be such genuinely a huge Star Wars fan. And I think that when you, you know, put people who are passionate about the things they work on in a position to 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 work on them in a position of power, that you get great results. Um, 
I haven't watched all of the new Star Trek episodes or series yet because I'm really not too excited from what I have been seeing, from what I have been reading. And this isn't a politics thing. This isn't a gender thing. This isn't any sort. Um, but I, I don't really feel like uh, the live action shows are taking full advantage of or respecting the, the Star Wars canon that they could as compared to, shockingly enough, the animated series, Lower Decks, seems to be doing that. And I think this is an example of where Filoni is a true freaking Star Wars fan. And they're like, cool, man. Go have fun. And he loves it and he respects it. And again, I'm not trying to get into a fallacy of who's a real fan or not or what have you. Um, I just think that this guy loves this this universe. He loves this mythos and he's having fun playing with it. I think it's awesome that he's been empowered to do so. So, uh, I mean, that's fucking sweet. It really is. And, like, I've seen snippets of interviews with him as well. And it's, it's obvious, everything that you've said, uh, from the way that he approaches dealing with star wars it's not just like oh it's you know some weird blend of fantasy and sci-fi and yeah there's there's like aliens and laser beams and light swords and stuff it's it's treated much more respectfully by him and part of that respect a big part of that respect is his willingness to adopt and only change minimally where it makes sense the content that's been generated by many people for the extended universe. So things like the crate dragon that we saw earlier in the in the series or Ahsoka who had books before she was ever on any screen. Um, all of these things that he is reincorporating back into the canon of star Wars and bringing to audiences. Like he's not trying to reinvent so many wheels he's just trying to tell good stories with the tools that he has and he's so willing to use all of the tools available to him and that's just it's a level of humility that you don't see in a lot of franchises that go through changes in call it ownership um and it's really really nice to see it well done by him so i i mean kind of fanning out but i'm really really pleased with dave filoni and everything that he's done so i'm gonna stop talking about him <laughs> uh we should talk about more of the episodes yes yes let's move on to chapter 14 the tragedy uh with a director who really i think you're a fan of yes it's robert rodriguez he's the bestest <laughs> <laughs> And to be honest, this was probably one of the funnest episodes, uh, just because the sheer amount of crazy action stuff going on. It feels a little bit more of the traditional action, kind of shootout-style stuff, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll take it. So, what, high level, the, I guess the MacGuffin or McPlace, whatever you want to call it, he has to go to. Uh, ancient Jedi Temple, so apparently Grogu can make a phone call to all the Jedis <laughs> out there. Yes. Um, it's there. Call Grogu right. goes full Super Saiyan, gets a force field bubble, which would have been awesome like any of the episodes prior to that, but whatever. Thanks. Or even just five minutes later in the episode. <laughs> yeah, literally any other time except for when he does it. Um, makes a phone call out. Um, I guess we won't say who he calls, but apparently there's, well, we don't there's know. A, we don't know yet who he calls. Oh, we don't know who he calls, but I mean, we know because we saw the ending, but whatever. So, um... <laughs> and then, and then Talody ensues. Basically, this dude Bo Boba Feet shows up. So apparently, everyone loves Boba him. Tea. He's Boba he's tea. super cool. Everyone's obsessed with him. I've never understood Bob the Pete. obsession. 
but uh, what is it called? Mandalorian has this dude's armor, so he's like, hey, give me it back, bro. And he's like, hey, tell me, tell me watch my kid, because apparently he can defend himself, but only for like two minutes at a time. Um, then lots of shooting happens, and then <laughs> OMG, they steal Grogu, and it's a sad time, and everyone's very upset. Yeah, but the, the, you, you missed out on two key details here. Who steals Grogu, and then what happens? Why does the Mandalorian just fly after him? Oh, dark troopers, apparently, but I, yeah. I didn't know that they're dark troopers, other than the fact that they are darker than the stormtroopers. Kraken Cylons. The Cylons um, go and steal exactly. Grogu. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, on they, on they, and then they blow <laughs> up a ship. Uh, that was sad. They blew up a ship. Very, very sad. You know, I... That ship's not been blown up enough in the series, apparently. <laughs> they needed to do yeah. it one last time. You know, I, I have... Um... I've seen some reactions to the death of the Razor Crest, and they range. They're pretty polarized. People are either just like gobsmacked that, oh my god, this iconic ship has been destroyed, or they're like, fucking great, that thing was ugly as sin. <laughs> I, I don't it, know it which way I pull. I mean, you could, you could <laughs> have. Why not, why not both? I mean, it was a cool looking ship, but also it was garbage. So <laughs> It was absolute garbage. My. Uh, an ode to the Razor Crest. You know how when uh, Episode Four, uh, Leia calls the Millennium Falcon a piece of junk, and you have to kind of step back and be like, "You're flying through space," <laughs> and be like, "I don't know if you know what junk looks like. Have you ever seen junk? You're a princess." Uh, it was for me, like, I don't know. The Millennium Falcon was always cool. The Razor Crest was a piece of junk and it felt like it. And I loved that about it. <laughs> I mean, how um, many times did he get torn apart on reentry? I just, it, it was, it was so firefly. Like he's just losing panels going in and out of orbit. There was that, that one scene, I've forgotten which episode, but he's leaving a planet and he jumps to hyperspace and there's a panel floating around in space right behind him, like in his wake. And I'm just like, Oh man, you are a firefly fan director of that episode who I've forgotten. Um, honestly, it was probably Filoni. <laughs> I don't know. Series are full of <laughs> Actually, I think he's only done one episode in each season, I think. I could be wrong. Well, he does do a shit ton of writing. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, the action in this episode was really fantastic. I think they did a good job of reintroducing us to Boba Fett because he wasn't a character that had a whole lot of sway in any of the movies that he'd been in prior. He hasn't really been mentioned uh, outside of the films, like the main Skywalker saga films. Got a little bit more in, what was it, episode two, three, whichever one it was. Yeah, that's where um, he plays uh, Django Fett. And uh, I did look it up. This is the same actor, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so still stealing some critique I heard on another podcast. Like I do like how they at least did stuff to try to establish Boba Fett as a proficient bounty hunter. Because quite honestly, my only memory of him is the dude that slipped on a banana peel and fell into the monster's mouth, and that everyone's obsessed with. Like I've never understood any of the Boba Fett no. like obsession stuff. No, I I never got it, and it really I I think he's. He's so much a product of the extended universe lore. Um, 
like somebody latched on to him at one point and said, you know what, this guy is supposed to be awesome. Like Vader singles him out and says, no disintegrations. Like this dude must be a badass, but it just never came through in the films. So people took that idea and just kind of ran with it. Now it's being reintroduced here and in his spinoff series, because he's getting one too. I guess it's <laughs> you get a spinoff. Like a you mini get a spin-off. series or Everyone something. Everyone gets a spinoff. Yeah. Well, that, uh-huh. yeah, no, that that segues perfectly into into uh, one of the things I want to talk about with this episode. Um, so this is where uh, Robert Rodriguez comes in and directs this episode. It's the only episode of uh, this series that he has directed. But I think, guys, we were watching a job interview because now Robert Rodriguez is going to be executive producer and uh, I don't know if he's showrunner or not of the Bubba Fett show. And so what you're seeing is Favreau works with people. I think tests them to see like, oh, you know, if Rodriguez is awesome on this on this shoot, then we'll trust him to to run a show for us. But like one of the directors from season one didn't return in season two because she was supposed to be doing the Obi-Wan show. Robert Rodriguez comes on to this and now he's going to do the Fett show. So I, I literally think they're they're basically doing auditions. And I, I think this is awesome. I think Favreau yep. is is testing people as he hires them like, cool, I think you're cool. Come on down, work with us. And if we work well together, then you can have a show. I, I just want to like literally salute the hiring practices. I think we're watching in real time with Favreau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree with that. I also um, really, really loved uh, Ming-Na Wen. Uh, I think Fennec, is that her name in the show? The assassin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, she did, <laughs> she was great in all the action stuff. Um She's a lot of fun, really, in this season. But um, uh, Ming-Na Wen, who's actually... I, I, I didn't recognize her uh, at first as also being the voice actress for Mulan. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Awesome. But, uh, no, she she had a... She had a great stack of, like, running gunning in this particular episode. Um, it was fun to watch. Uh she and the Mandalorian and Boba Fett meshed really well. I love that she's going to follow Boba Fett into his own series. Uh, so we'll get to see more of her. Um, that, yeah, it's, it's good stuff all the way around. I also really love the dark troopers. <laughs> I really, really do. Uh, they're a fun design. It's so simple, but menacing. Well, it is. And the, it, it's a it's a prime example of um, an extended universe thing, concept, whatever, that uh, Filoni or whoever else came up with this idea. It couldn't, maybe it wasn't to all Filoni, I don't know. Uh, it was brought in and recanonized, but changed just a little bit. Um, Dark Trooper program, history of it, uh, according to the lore, there were like three, I think, revisions to it, and it starts out with like mental conditioning and dudes in just super strong suits with rocket launchers. It moves on to just cybernetic enhancements and replacements, and now we're in I think they called them phase three. Full pretty robot much mode. Full full robot. They're they're you, you never go full robot. Point. Yeah. But um there's always this like <sighs> I don't know. There's there's a lot of the dark troopers that I love so much, just lore wise, and the fact that they show up in this series is super super satisfying to me personally. Yeah, and so, the way that they were handled in this episode was awesome. I love them. 
love them so much. I, I have one last Boba Fett thought for this episode, if you don't mind. Do it. Um, I really hope Book of Boba Fett or whatever ends up being like an ER style drama because I feel like everyone just kind of glanced over the fact that apparently Boba Fett is also a really awesome surgeon because he apparently like did all that like like when Fennec opens up her torso or something and reveals oh, all this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what 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 is going on here? Yeah, he just did that in the desert with some stuff he what had in his back pocket. <laughs> so I really hope that it's not going to be this crazy action show. It's just going to be ER, the Star Wars universe, just out of left field. I think that'll be lots of fun. I'm That's looking forward to it. Dr. Yeah. Boba T. Fett to you. I didn't go to evil <laughs> bounty hunting medical school for seven years to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. Well, and like, yeah, you, you think about how long Boba Fett's been around. Um, in the extended universe stuff, he has multiple ships. They're all problematically named, like Slave One through Seven <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, it's a slight problem. But beyond that, uh, he has resources. Is my point. And now that the Mandalorian is hanging out with Boba Fett, there was uh, some thought like, okay, Mandalorian lost his ship. How's he going to get around? Well, he's going to hang out with Boba Fett for a while. Cool. Cool. What happens when they part ways? What ship is the Mandalorian going to jump into next? And it could be Slave 2, which is a... Uh, it's not a carbon copy of Slave 1. It's a very different ship, but it's way more capable, or supposed to be way more capable than uh, the Razor Crest. So this is an opportunity where the Mandalorian might get another power level bump. I doubt the Disney flagship product is going to invest in Slave 2 as their primary action figure. I don't know. Yeah, it would be weird. But, you know, it's just, if he gets a ship from Boba Fett, it's not going to be absolute garbage. It's not going to be as bad as the Razor Crest, you know, from a tactical standpoint, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be a power bump for him like the armor was and the jetpack and the singing birds yeah i have no idea if they're going to bring in like boba fett ships for for i have no idea i have no idea where season three is going actually i guess we'll get to that later um so the the one more thing i want to talk about this episode before we move on is in you know in previous reviews of mandalorian we've said that or at least i know I've, i've said that you know its simplicity is one of its biggest strengths We've talked about, you know, are its plot are its plot lines ironclad? No. And I remember in one one of the episodes, really, you made a comment about some of the the plots feeling glued together, and I was like, yeah, but they're super glued together. So it's not just bubble gum and duct tape. It's it's super glue. It's fine. But this is an episode where I feel like is the perfect example of that. Where you know, if if Mando was just using his jetpack to go up and down the hill, we wouldn't have had a problem. So they needed Mando to take off his jetpack. So they take it off when he's being, you know, in a standoff, Boba Fett, and he just kind of doesn't put it back on like the whole time i don't know thinking to myself why don't you just put his fucking jetpack back on it's just this example of like they had to make the plot work like we were we were joking earlier about how it's the worst timing ever when uh grogu i'm gonna use that just to piss you off really you know grogu Do is it. has his shields up as opposed to down that mando has his jetpack off that they shoot mando's ship and not Boba fett's ship like it it all works well enough but if you were to really scrutinize it if you were to really you know take this vase and, and throw it on the ground, it, it would it would break back apart. You'd realize that, you know, it had been super glued together. But they just, they do a good enough job to where it's fine. It's fine. If I'm not going to completely scrutinize it, it's fucking fine. And yeah, but, I kind of salute it for that. 
everything is like I always grade things on a curve or, or kind of lean into the strengths of whatever it's trying to do, right? If this isn't trying to like be a TV show that runs forward and backwards, it has twenty things built into it. It just it's the the plots are always very simple. Just like hey, go here, go do this. It's it's always very like there's no it's never a mystery. It's just like hey. You see that that village? Go go help them. They need help. You see, you see that rock? Go go to the rock. You, you'll get your answers there. Done. And so I don't I don't, I don't fault them for any of those little things. Oh. No. No. And uh, you guys know uh, Kintsugi, the Japanese no, repair nope. art. It's where you glue stuff back together like a broken plate with gold. Oh, I know, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of. It's it. There's some of that. Like, it's beautiful in its flaws, right? The flaws are part of the charm. Um, and honestly, <laughs> Star Wars fans are the best at retconning shit. Um, just like, hey, there's this thing that doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, cool, we'll justify it somehow. If there was a character in like the cantina scene in episode four that shows up in The Mandalorian that somebody pointed out and was like, oh my god, this continuity detail. And it's just like, what the fucking shit? Like, that character has a name. Did you know those characters had names? That's the kind of... Having, like, having just, read the Tales care. books, yes. I don't care. <laughs> it's the kind of just absolute willingness to perform these amazing feats of literary gymnastics to justify everything that goes on. And somebody will do it with every little weird detail. Um, and some people will take it as prophecy, and some people will take it as, yeah. So it's 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 fine. Like, honestly, there's so much to just straight up enjoy. Like, the main line for this series is so nice and fat and good and juicy that all the little ancillary bullshit going on just... Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about <laughs> the flaws unless they're real glaring, which honestly for me hasn't happened yet. So, agree. I'm satisfied. All right. Well, let's move on to chapter fifteen, the Believer. Did I did I pronounce that wrong? Are they not just a Bieber fans? Oh, Believer. Sorry, I get confused. That was a bad joke. Quick, someone give us an you get one. You get you get one. You get one, Tom. In fact, you're, you're doing the synopsis. Ha ha. Oh, uh, so they need to locate Moff Gideon's ship, and in order to do that, they decide to bre- break uh, Bill Burr out of space prison so he can help them track down their ship. And to do that, they say, cool, we're going to go uh, break into a, not exactly an Imperial mining facility, but an Imperial facility. And so Bill Burr and Mando get in a truck. They get attacked on the way into the facility. They get in the facility. Mando takes his helmet off to do a facial scan to get Baby Yoda. Congratulations, plot arc, or character arc, sorry. Uh, Complete, Mando cares more about Baby Yoda than the code. And then they get in a firefight and leave, and Bill Burr blows up the whole thing, and they go their separate way. Yeah, there's some stuff to unpack in this episode. Yes, there is. I'm glad someone else said that, because I I have some issues. Like, it was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. I have some issues with this episode. Zach, why don't you go first? So there are two sort of humps in the in the way that this episode plays out. The first sort of thing to get over 
is when they are being attacked in the transport, you know, they've taken the stormtroopers armor, they're driving this imperial transport full of explosives and they're attacked by I, I think Burr calls them uh what what did he call them? Raiders? Something like that, yeah. Uh, something like that. It is just like it is very dismissive. Of course, they're raiders. They're raiding this 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 convoy of explosives. But these raiders, they weren't interested in stealing stuff. They weren't interested in raiding these these supplies, these very dangerous explosives. Um, they were trying to blow them up. And if you're you're looking at it even a little bit, you're just like, these aren't raiders. These are like resistance fighters. Everyone hates um, the Empire. Right. Everybody hates the Empire. Well, and, and let's um, point out, they even, they drive through presumably their village. I don't know what other village would have been. Yeah. And they slow down to go through the village and show like, oh, wow, the Empire being here is really, you know, fucked up these people's lives. And then they keep driving and then the raiders attack and you're like, well, are these like off-world raiders? Are these the people from the village that we just saw that we're supposed to feel bad for? Because I guess we're going to murder all of them now. Like, it's like really totally inconsistent and kind of fucked up. Well, it's, it's it's a little fucked up, but like this is right after I think Burr goes through the speech about yeah, if it wasn't the Empire, it'd be somebody else stepping on these people's necks. You know, everybody's the same. Both sides are bad. Um, sort of just monologue, right? Uh, and yeah, the Mandalorian kicks some ass, <laughs> justly or not. I mean, part of it's just like he's trying real hard not to get blowed the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole thing is a means to an end, and I think like like it almost sounds like it kind of bugs you, Tom. But I think also from like the like a character perspective of the Mandalorian, he's been very much like a non-scruples, I'm going to kill everyone type of guy. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's kind of his mo to kind of settle everything by shooting you in the face. Um, I know there's there's that honor code, but I mean, he's pretty loose with his honor code. Was was it the first episode where he's like? Like that guy says, like, oh, don't kill me, don't kill me, and he, he strings him up. He's like, well, I'm I'm not gonna kill you, hardy har har, and then just all the animals eat him. So he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Um, he's yeah, it's more the structure this, of the episode that that frustrates me. But yeah, go ahead, Zach. He's the slowest to evolve, but this is where the Mandalorian and Burr sort of have the same, call it, growth moment. Um not quite the same, not the same magnitude necessarily, but in the same direction. Because later in this episode, they're, uh, they go through, they get the, the transport there, everybody's patting them on the back, and it's like, yeah, one man's villain is another man's hero, and yeah. you see the, the stormtroopers. I bet you never are, were you know, happy to get cheered on by stormtroopers or see stormtroopers, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then they get to have that conversation with the officer, and... Burr, who has been very that, that much... That was tense. That whole scene was very, that very tense. And it was, was more tense. tense than I thought it would actually happen in this episode at all. Quite. It was good. It was good. Um, but Burr kind of has that flashpoint moment, and you can see it on his face. And he's like, oh, wow. Fuck you. Right? Shoots the officer. They have the firefight. They get out of the facility. And then he, you know takes the shot to destroy the whole thing, which is something I had to get off my chest. That's That arc for Burr is going from, yeah, both sides are bad, everybody's just trying to get a leg up on everybody else, to, well, one side is really bad, though. And I think in the same way, like watching 
Burr go through this, listening to his monologue, fighting the raiders, and then dealing with the the officer and the escape. Mandalorian's sort of a side character to that particular arc, but I think it moves him in a way. And also because he has to have that come to Jesus moment, like, ah, shit, I got to break my code to save the thing that I care about more. It is breaking down walls in his philosophy that he held at the very beginning of the season, the series. Um, And those walls keep coming down as this, as this season starts to draw to a close. So he is evolving slowly, but for Burr, I think it was much more transformative. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're missing the one detail that at the very end of the episode, as they're flying away, Burr fires the shot that blows up the entire fucking facility, murdering yeah, thousands exactly. of people. I mentioned that. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, I had to get something off my chest. Yeah, it's and it's so weird, right? Because it's just like it's um, it's just we- this weird circle of like everyone is humanizing and being dehumanized at the same time, right? Because they just like, yeah. like for the most part, like stormtroopers are just a bunch of like your your random henchman villain type thing right and then now we go to like just see him hanging out and eating food and celebrating a good job done right and it just like like i never thought i would have like really like seen the stormtroopers in that kind of like setting you, you know what i mean so it was just crazy to see them them humanized and then quickly like screw this all of you need to die at the same time it's just it's just a very interesting just kind of like dichotomy thing going on of like to, like too anticipated. It's, it's just I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I I like the episode, but it just it just was tonally inconsistent. Like, am I supposed to sympathize with them, or we're we gonna kill them all? Uh, are these people victims, or are we gonna kill them all? Are like, and and in the end, it's like when you think about it, like in order to save one person, Baby Yoda, they murdered like a thousand people. So, oh yeah, totally inconsistent episode for me. I mean, but well, it, it is it isn't isn't right because like I think that's kind of like the point at times, depending on what position you're in. And like I, I really liked, um, I don't remember ex- exactly how the conversation went, but like the, when he's asking, uh, when Burr's asking Mando of like, you know, would you be a Mandalorian if it just happened to be where you were born? You know, just like it's, it's like all these stuff are circumstantial to your most important inherent beliefs until you kind of get put in a position where you have to challenge them to get something done that's important to you, right? Like, you know, yeah, there's just but so many things they, going they on. They take that, they say that, and then they murder them all. So like, if the point was don't blame people for what they are born into. Well, then you don't murder them all. So yeah, is, this is a confusing episode for me. I was well, very on the fence on this one. The thing that... Uh, it, it, I, I think it is supposed to be... I'm going to say the word challenging. Um, I don't think that it quite goes as far as like walking you through a concent- concentration camp. But the conversation that they have with the officer, where he gives the toast to that... like absolutely horrific operation oh, it's, which is dark as fuck dark, it's as, dark fuck. as fuck it, yeah the thing that really flips a switch in burr and i've honestly forgotten what his character's name is yeah he's bill burr <laughs> Migs uh, mayfield Migs mayfield mayfield yeah what flips the switch in him is he gives this toast to this operation that was literally a massacre like they were ordered to firebomb planets um and you know just go through and sweep whole populations right and then the officer is like yeah that uh that was just the beginning 
like we're gonna do that more <laughs> bigger and better we're gonna use these explosives to do it and it's gonna be fucking awesome and that's the point where he's like oh this isn't circumstantial for you this is a choice yeah, yeah a little it's, dark. And, and it's interesting because it feels like this is one of the few episodes that actually kind of does confront the kind of the, the the war part of star wars where like this this everything around like the war and motives is completely messy and and like kind of compared i think to you tom of like wanting a little bit more tight edges of good guy and bad guy type thing i'm kind of okay with that kind of kind of like you know well, no, no, I, rough I'm around o- the edges type thing i'm okay with mm-hmm. immoral ambiguity and gray gray area like some of the best you know stories are written that way or you know character redemption like this just again tonally within the episode Am I, are these villagers good or are they evil? Are these people good or are they evil? And then like, or are they, you know, is it not their fault or are we going to murder them all? Um, I don't think it walked gray. I think it's just like, we're going to do, you know, do some black or do some white. And like, it, I don't know that it worked. This was a very yeah. problematic episode for me, but. It was, well, it's, it was it's... a little bit of apocalypse now. Not nearly as heavy, but <laughs> just, just enough of that. Like you're, you, you know, you fight the battles that are in front of you. Right. And when they're fighting the Raiders, the Freedom Fighters, however you want to characterize them, you know, he's in a fight for his life. He does what he does partly out of, well, habit, because he's kind of set up to be a take no prisoners badass, but also because he's literally fighting to survive. He's sitting on a tank of explosives and people are throwing grenades at him. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, true. And with the stormtroopers like taking out that facility like blowing up the whole thing killing potentially hundreds or thousands i don't know how many people are in there you know it's come down to i i think that's a reflection of burr deciding that this isn't so much a matter of circumstance this is everything about this facility is a choice everything is a tool towards that choice and it needs to not be that way it's fine i think and probably right to be not fully okay with that and i think if that's the response that you have to it because i kind of get it um that's a perfectly valid response to have and i think that's to the credit of the episode like that's the kind of thing that art is supposed to do yeah maybe so well so i have a can of worms question observation and please shoot me down if this is going to take any more time than it should oh god um, but with all this stuff like it's um one of the questions i've always had that i've never understood and maybe you guys could share some perspective on it um i will preface this with uh everyone is free to like whatever they like get your kicks for whatever but i've never really stood like the folks that are like cosplay as the stormtroopers and really get into it and like the, there's like the folks that like really like darth vader this is like even pre before the uh what's it called um empire did the, nothing wrong before the trilogy came out to kind of humanize him and give him this like oh it's a sad arc yes yes he kills all the younglings but he, he was a cool guy at some point when he raced the pod you know the pod racers he's a cool guy it's okay to like him i just never really understood that like like from the perspective of you've got a legit like a set of people that legitimately destroy entire planets with a ray gun and then people are like i want to be like that i'm like what <laughs> I mean, you could call it power fantasy. You could call it appreciation for a good villain. Um, I mean, you like horror, and I don't understand that. So, <laughs> I'll give you that. I, I think it's okay to not. That's, that's, why said, that's why I said I preface this with like people like their own things. Like I, I, I totally get that. But it just I've never really understood that. So yeah, 
no and i think that's fair like it's it's weird when you break it down to idolize a mass murderer and that's how the character is written and it's weird to uh, want to stomp around like the mindless my, almost effectively mind controlled drones in service of that end like yeah yeah okay that is that is a little weird but it's uh, i was about to say it's all in good fun but eh, is it <laughs> i don't know i don't know i think uh you can appreciate the villainy of darth vader and the uh sort of mindlessness of stormtroopers like people dress up as zombies uh i've I've partaken in that as well so and and i think maybe i have a similar draw maybe the answer was inside me all along (laughs) (laughs) let's let's stick with that and move on to episode 16 or sorry yes episode 16 chapter 16 the rescue gentlemen who's given the synopsis of this one Uh, honest yeah, honestly, this was one of the lesser memorable episodes for me. Uh, like, Sa- I do save remember Baby Yoda. It. Save Baby yeah, Yoda. It's, it's Save Baby Yoda. Like, they they got the information out of the facility that they blew up um, to track uh, Moff Gideon's ship. They get there. There's a firefight. Dark troopers are involved. That was honestly fun. Um, they apparently just kill everybody on the ship except as Moff Gideon does. as one does <laughs> uh, but they rescue baby Yoda uh, Mandalorian drags Moff Gideon in chains holding his dark saber and uh, they get to the bridge of the ship where they're basically trapped by this army of invincible dark troopers and then they're saved by space Jesus um, yeah Tracking an X-wing coming in. One X-wing, we're saved. Wonder who that could be. I Wonder know. who that could be. Like yeah. I. Well, okay. It, it you know it opens with uh, Boba Fett uh, and the crew going to meet up with um, Bo-Katan, and they have their little scene in the in the bar, which is kind of fun. Um, and then they have their little fake space shootout to crash land into the not quite a star destroyer, but whatever it is, which is also pretty fun. And then they have fight scenes, romp into the ship to get uh, Baby Yoda back, which, again, I'll tell you, pretty fun. Mando ends up ejecting all the dark troopers but one and has to fight it and kills it with his uh, Beskar spear, which is fun. And then oh, yeah. Mando has the showdown with Moff Gideon, who initially seems like he's just going to let him leave, but then tries to stab him with the Darksaber. And they have the, the fight between the Darksaber and, again, the, the Beskar spear. Which is fun. And then they show up on the bridge and they have that great exchange of, oh, there was no combat, so she can't take the sword, so she can't reclaim her homeland. And it's pretty I, funny I, dialogue. With... I am totally annoyed by by secret rules about things that we get introduced <laughs> until later. Like, it was just like, oh, she's just like, take it. I'm like, yeah, just take it. Like, yeah. c- come on. I, like, I, is, I can get is, why you're annoyed really... by that, but the dialogue was also fun. Like, it I was, yield. Was yeah. Shut up and take like, it. Ugh. It was pretty good. Yes, and then we have uh, a single, like, the Dark Troopers fly back onto the ship, and then, oh my god, a single X-Wing is coming in, and this guy dressed a, a Jedi in an X-Wing with, with, with one, an R2 with one unit, glove. with one, one black glove. glove and a green lightsaber, I can't imagine who this is going to be. Um, basically, we have, like, this several-minute montage of him just cutting down the Dark Troopers and Baby Yoda watching through the TV. <laughs> 
until he yeah. shows up, uh, which was all pretty fun. And then we have, oh my god, another DH CGI face reveal that was not fun. I hate, no. hate, 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 hate this, this de-aging CGI character shit. I, I can't stand it. I, I absolutely hate it. I can't stand it. It's it so uncanny valley for me. Yes. Like, oh I, 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 I watched it and I can appreciate why they had to do it. I wish he had just kept his hood up. Yeah, could like, they just could they have just... kept the hood up? Could they have hired another actor? They could have had Mark Hamill with you know the dyed black hair, like that that age where he's older but not you know gray. I've given up on everything and I suck. Mark Hamill, um, yeah. or Luke Skywalker. There's so many other ways they could have done it. No, they had to CGI Luke Skywalker. I, I not like it at all. At all, I, I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. Like the fact that oh hey Luke Skywalker showed up and it's another instance of an intersection with a well-known character, right? Um, I really like the way the Mandalorian does these. Uh, it's like he didn't follow Luke around. Like that story's been told. Uh, we're gonna have him show up. He's gonna take Grogu away. No idea what's gonna happen in season four, but whatever. Um, the scene where he takes his helmet off is touching Very. as long as you don't look too closely at luke skywalker <laughs> I just... I mean, yep. to, to be honest i was i was so bummed out that they introduced re- reintroduced luke into this storyline which i was so happy that was so far away from yeah. the skywalker saga yeah that, like, like, like even me it was just like it's Plus like i didn't care about anything million. like like who cares about the looks i'm just like Great, now we have to figure out where Baby Yoda fits into this whole known storyline and yep. does Tomboy kill him or it is makes he hiding the universe and feels so much smaller, doesn't it? It's just like it's just like I'm so yeah. tired. Like 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 I mean we've talked about it in the other cast. Like that that was why what was this, the the second new one, the um before Rise of Skywalker or whatever. Last Jedi. Um, Last Jedi. Yeah, like, yeah. I love that one just because it just, like, it made it feel like, hey, like, there's hope that everyone, like, there could be more than just one Jedi in the universe who That was the Skywalker. one really good aspect of that movie, and it's the and, one, I know we disagree on that, but I think, yeah. I agree that was that was an amazing aspect of it. I think it's one of the few masters yeah, just, of it, just op- and it sucks it up, that they right? just yeah. got rid of that, just to, mm-hmm. they can fuck right off. So just like, hey, uh, Skywalker's all over again. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was so disappointed in that. Like, it, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. They did exactly what I was afraid they were going to do. To their credit, they did it about as well as I think you could have done it. Like I kept saying, it was fun, and it made sense, <laughs> and I enjoyed aspects of it, but they did exactly what I didn't want them to do. But they did it as well as they probably could. So I am as conflicted as you could be, but I'm, I, am, I am pissed. I didn't... I don't want any more fucking Skywalkers. I don't want any fucking CGI characters. Everything else was great. And it wasn't even that necessarily they did it bad. Are you painted into a corner it... from like a storytelling know. perspective of, of like they can't have any other like I guess like the whole gimmick is like from the last Jedi is that there's only other like I guess how many other Jedi's are other than like Ashoka or whatever was a surprise to me well, are there more Jedi's out there that could have answered the call that I, could have I gotten their own spin-off series could yes I I think that it would have been better and honestly I don't, I don't even want to want to speculate um what would your reaction have been if it was Leia that showed up not any better. I mean, 
I would have been probably a little more surprised, but not any better. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like it's it, it suffers from a lot of the same problems, right? You still have a well-known character that you've seen before, just never in quite that context. Um, and I think that would have done that. Honestly, would have been more in service of the um, the sequel films than I, I feel anything like that would else. Have felt- a little bit fresher too though because like i think that the bone they throw at us and like what is it the, the last one were like the the five minutes of leia and luke training together yeah um i thought that was pretty cool and i felt like that like like there's this whole like again because like, i haven't dove into like all the other stuff like this whole understanding of like apparently leia kicks ass at the force and like i i have no idea understanding how that even happened or whatever but apparently it's a thing mm-hmm. like that that, that yeah. sounds kind of interesting maybe it's interesting enough where it's not the main storyline that I expected them to do. So yeah, I mean, exploring that would have been, I think, a little bit cooler. Even even just in the you know segment where it's oh, instead of Luke, it's Leia running through these this army of dark troopers kicking ass. Like she was established to be yeah pretty decent at the forest, and then she set it all aside because she was afraid of the dark, right? Like she didn't trust herself with that kind of power, so she put it aside, and that's the most mature thing that anybody's done in the entire fucking series of <laughs> movies and whatnot. Um, so seeing her in that context would have been kind of neat, but I don't think it would have overridden the major problems of just like, oh, now we've got Skywalkers involved. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, but at so- least then it wouldn't have been Luke, like the main dude, right? Which, again, it made sense that it was Luke, but, yeah, I just, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't down with any of that. So, okay, um, Rule, you brought up about where do they go from here, and that's one of the things, I, I think I'm about ready to get to the wrap-up here, is that I, if you want to say that Mando Seasons 1 and 2 were one complete story arc, and that this could have just been one one thing, and it was done, it was wrapped up here, and Baby Yoda's been handed off, again, to Luke, whatever, you know what, this is the same thing as, like, Avengers Endgame for me, I'm like, cool, I had a great ride, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I could get off the train right here, and it it would have been it would have been wonderful. I don't quite know where they go from here, because like if you if you remove Baby Yoda, and it's not that I'm obsessed with him being cute, and goddamn he's cute, but he's kind of like the heart of the show. And um, if you remove him from the equation, or you start to insert the fucking Skywalkers into the equation, then now we're gonna have a Bubba Fett show. So like we're gonna have two shows about Mandalorian bounty hunters. I I don't know where they go from here. I. And I guess we're about to get to the review. I really enjoyed all of Mando. And again, they did this as well as I... They did exactly what I didn't want them to do. And they did it as well as I think they could have. But I I, I genuinely... I feel like walking out of Last Jedi where I had zero hope and zero hype. I don't know where you go from here. And, you know, we were I was praising Filoni earlier and Favreau earlier. And, you know, we, were, we, we both love Robert Rodriguez. But I don't fucking know where you go from here. And that's... Oh, it's a fucking bit of a downer. You know, it is a low note, I think, to end the season on. At the same time, that sort of unknown, like, where do they go from here? There's no cliffhanger, definitely. But, like, where did they go from the first episode? That's what keeps me, like, curious. It's such a different take on Star Wars content. Uh, at least in this particular format. And they, you know, I, I didn't have any expectations going in. I don't think I'm going to have many expectations going into the next one, except that it's probably going to be pretty good quality. And that's kind of enough. 
for me. Like I'm content with they do a season three. I have no idea what they're going to do, but I didn't have any idea what they were going to do in season one. And I was pretty okay with that. So well, it's not that I think the star Wars universe is a lack of lacking content. It's just, you know, where they took the Mando story and the baby Yoda story. I don't know. I don't quite really go from here. It was a really good arc. Um, if this is really the end of it, then, you know, whatever they do next will probably not be quite as good. Like, how do you how do you top that? Like, it's just so good. I could see them bringing Baby Yoda back somehow. Like, I don't know that we've seen the last of Baby Yoda. He's just so ingrained into the series that. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, how do they reunite? What do they get, what do they do from there? Like, I have no idea. None. I mean, I think the only thing gimmicky thing they could probably do is like, like, kind of go back to the the mission of like, find your people. Like, are there any other like yodelings out there? I don't know. They don't have a name, so whatever. I'm gonna call them yodelings. Um, if I, Luke abandons him or some crap like that. But even that, I just like, I feel like. At least with where we're at now, it may not be the best closure, but it's a good closure for that story altogether. Because after that, then it's just basically a monster of the week type show, which is fine. But I, I feel like the, the dynamic is kind of that, that chase, the mission of finding Baby Yoda a home, um, unless the, the, the new arc is going to be the home was with you all along yeah. type thing. But well, I, 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 I feel just, like it's, if I had I, to I can't see that dynamic being explored more. Yeah, if I had to speculate, I would speculate they're going to focus on the Mandalorians and and some of their story with Man with the Mandalorian, and that they'll reintroduce Baby Yoda. And so not in the beginning of the series, but I, season. I, I imagine they'll reintroduce him at some point. Of like, I don't know, uh, is he having a hard time? And he, you know, got expelled from the Jedi Order. Did the well? It's I, I don't I don't know, but like I imagine they'll reintroduce him, but not at the beginning. Well, what's unfortunate though is like, like I can't even like like another couple of years in the future of this right because like I, I would feel like like from, from a story like this like like uh thinking of like a god of war type thing of just like okay like exploring that that kind of father-son dynamic and having the son come over and help the father type thing but like can y'all imagine someone giving baby yoda a voice and then like like i guess like trying to explain like the time difference of like well if he's a 50 year old baby when does he become a mature enough adult to like do shit like, like I, I can't imagine any of that timeline or anything like because I, I feel like no. that would be the only compelling story of of like baby yoda helping mando find a home you know what, you know what i mean I, I think that it's, it's just basically flipping the script i think that would be really cool and fun but is, is that gonna happen yeah i mean i i I am optimistic, and I don't mean that as enthusiastic, but optimistic that you're probably right, Tom. We're going to see some reintroduction of Baby Yoda. I'm with you, Ruli. I don't think that they're going to like age him and try and evolve that character much more than he already is. He might be more comfortable or more, um, you know, uh, maybe less fearful and more willing to use the Force in some way. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I think. The Mandalorian, though, uh, the character still has growth to do. And whether he does that with Baby Yoda or with Bo-Katan or with, um, you know, some of the other characters that he's made friends with over the course of this uh, this two-season arc, um, I don't know where the story will go. But I think the character still has room to improve and evolve and grow. and that's potential that I could potentially be on board with. His character development was good, but it could be better. 
Yes. <laughs> All right, dear listener, it's time for the QQ review part of this. So the QQ review scale is simple. Two Qs is we didn't like it. We're going to QQ about it. One Q is eh, it's fine. You'll, you might forget about it next week. And zero Qs is look, nothing is perfect, but we really like this. And we think you will too. Gentlemen. I don't. I I am genuinely curious where we're all going to fall on this scale today. Actually, I I am not sure. Really, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, zero. Watch it. It's really good. Zach. Yeah, solid zero. God like, damn it. The ending of the series is the lowest point, and even that was still a lot of fun. So there's just too much to love to not recommend it. It's a good show. Watch it. Yep. Yep. No, fuck. We all are in alignment on this. I feel the exact same way. It's it's a good show. It's a lot of fun. Even the two ep- last two episodes here, which we clearly had issues with, are still are still fun, are still great. And like I said, I don't know where they're going to go with it. Maybe this is get off the train moment for me, just like uh, Endgame was. But no, it's still zero cues. It's not perfect. But goddamn, it was a it was a great ride. I have a, a sad secret to share with y'all. Um I, I didn't even know that there was a stinger at the end of this episode. And quite frankly, I got to a point for, I want to say, two weeks. I just didn't care, and I didn't want to go back and follow up on it. But until homeboy Robert Rodriguez was associated with the project, I was like, darn it, I guess I have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the stinger was good. Yeah, it was fine. I, I don't even know how I missed it. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if, like... um. Because sometimes we'll enable different languages, so like whenever the the what's it called the credits start, we get like twenty minutes of credits for like five different languages. So I'm like, whatever, <laughs> it, it's over. Yeah, that's fair. Like, um, I love leaving the Mandalorian on for the credits. Like the art, concept art that they show it's is so gorgeous. It's so pretty, and it's a lot of fun, and it's cool. Um, so yeah, the singer came on, and it was just like a nice topping to. Well, honestly, a disappointing ending. Not so disappointing that I hated it, but ah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I didn't hate uh, the ending either. I just hated elements of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, the stinger was fun. Uh, <laughs> watching Poba Fett come in and just blast what's his name? Ben uh, Fortuna. Yeah. Just was that, fuck you, get out of my chair. Was that name, did that name meet with your approval, really? Um, well, I would say his... Uh, the, demise was unfortunate nice nice <laughs> so good yep <sighs> let's see in java's palace again yeah just a little little kick in nostalgia no it was good it was good it's fun okay cool all right dear listener thank you so very much for joining us um gentlemen we finally did it we finally wrapped mando uh i guess we'll be back with a, a normal quest next week i actually have some some quest fodder uh readied yeah Availability cool. yeah. is still weird with the baby, but I'll, I'll do my best to be here. Yeah, man, just let us know. We'll we'll accommodate. Ooh, you want some bad news? Uh oh, no. In twenty twenty one, is that even possible? Seriously, I just mm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, mm, mm. I I just googled Mandalorian season three and top stories show up, and here's the first headline that appears. George Lucas reportedly heavily involved in Mandalorian season three. Nope, 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 nope. All right, all right, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. They should totally give a Disney Plus series to Jar Jar Binks. I'd watch that. I'm going to speak that into existence. It's going to happen. Do it. We'll be back next week. (laughs) Zach Rooley, thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. And until next time, dear listener, may the QQ be with you.
Misa Sith Lord. God damn it, Zach. Darth Jar Jar. Uh. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. If you like what you hear, check out our website at qq-cast.com. We have multiple types of podcasts, quests, news, reviews, and our choose-your-own-adventure podcast, The QQ Adventure. That website, again, is qq-cast.com. Now, please remember that all views and opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them, not of their friends and family, not of their co-workers or co-hosts, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. 